There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look Then you will see On WCN-TV kind of a long song isn't it i gotta get leighton to write me something shorter <laughs> but thank you to leighton howerton for writing our intro song welcome back to wcn tv we we took a little break because our schedules are crazy busy here but it's good to be back with you again and we're on uh, a new day and time we're going to be on every tuesday live at five central time here at WCNTV.net. You can also watch us on our Rumble page, rumble.com. Just search for WCNTV and you'll find us there. As many of you know, I'm Rob Hugh and I am the uh, host for today. Um, Also the publisher of Wisconsin Christian News, which most of you know is um, WCNTV is an extension of our main ministry, which is Wisconsin Christian News, 48-page actual real printed newspaper and we are distributed in all 50 states now and even overseas. Uh, we have some distribution in Ireland, Canada, uh, Canada, not Canada, unfortunately, Ireland, uh, London, Wales, and Glasgow, Scotland. So we're not just for Wisconsin anymore. But also today we are uh, hopefully, I think, uh, Jared, live streaming at beforeitsnews.com. Um, so thank you, Mike, for helping us out there. We have a great uh, great program lined up for you today, and we've made some changes to the show. Each week, I hope to have two of our Wisconsin Christian News writers join us uh, as part of a panel discussion. So joining us today, we have Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer of Past the Salt Ministries and the ChristianRevolution.net, and J.R. Harrison, both coming to us live from Ohio. So welcome, guys. Thanks, Rob. Honored yep, to be thanks, here. Thanks for being here. If you are watching this live right now, you can actually be on the show with us, too, at WCNTV.net. Just click that red button that says Join the Studio Audience, and it works sort of like a call-in radio program where you can make comments and ask questions and just kind of be part of the show. I'd also like to ask you to share this program on your social media platforms and emails. Invite others to watch. Uh, We were banned from Facebook, ironically, on the 4th of July. And we're done with that. So if any of you are still using that platform, I think it'd be kind of cool to have you share our program there. Let me start off by saying that I'm here to tell you the truth. 
unlike the lying mainstream media, I have nothing to gain by spreading Marxist propaganda and brainwashing people. Unlike the vast majority of pastors today, I have nothing to gain by keeping you happy and content. We take on some tough issues here, and we're trying to wake people up to what's really going on in the world. So I'm here for one reason, and that is to tell you the truth. Things are not at all good in the world today. We're seeing an unprecedented march toward global totalitarianism and a new world order. Their great reset includes digital tracking of every human being on the planet, the total destruction of the world economy, and the end of all national sovereignty, the end of all private ownership of everything. You know, Klaus Schwab has told us that we're going to own nothing and we're going to like it. I'm not so sure. In case you haven't noticed, America is being systematically destroyed from within. In every sector of our society, we're seeing the Luciferians doing their utmost to wreak havoc and bring confusion and division and destroy lives. Right now, our supply chain is on the verge of total collapse. Hyperinflation is happening now. Food and supply shortages are coming very fast, and we're being invaded by enemies from all sides through illegal immigration, and our government is doing that to us. We have people losing their jobs because they won't take the jab. Police, firefighters, paramedics, nurses, doctors, factory workers, truck drivers, rail workers, all being fired or quitting because they will not take that jab. My own daughter lost her job. She was an ICU nurse, um, but she would not take the jab, and they would not look at any religious exemptions or any of her appeals. But you might be interested to know that in many cases, nurses like my daughter are being replaced by FEMA nurses who are not required to be jabbed. In one case that came across my desk recently, a nurse was denied a religious exemption and fired from her job. She then went to work for FEMA and returned to the same job at the same hospital, still unjabbed, but now she's a FEMA worker, so she is not required to do that. Hospitals have been taken over by big pharma and big government. And now the hospital is the last place that you want to end up if you ever get sick. They're no longer hospitals. I'd call them killing centers using the official COVID treatment protocol. But that's a can of worms we really don't have time to get into. If you want, you can look up remdesivir. That's a drug being pushed by Fauci as the COVID protocol once you get in the hospital. And the number one side effect of remdesivir is upper respiratory distress followed by kidney failure, and then cascading organ failure. That's what this stuff does, and that's what they're doing. We've already seen what's happened in other places. Australia has now once again become a prison state. The Luciferians continue to push the mandatory jab. They're intent on forcing everyone on the planet to get injected and continue getting booster shots of these deadly things, filled with poisons, graphene oxide, nanoparticles that self-assemble into who knows what, and weird parasites. Want that in your body? Understand these shots don't do anything to keep you from getting sick or getting others sick. On the contrary, they cause severe sickness and death, forcing you into the hospital where they can finish you off. We've already been warned that we're in for a severe supply shortages this winter, Drastic increases in the price of goods and services and more lockdowns and restrictions 
for those who refuse to comply. <clears throat> By the way, lockdowns are still going on. Whether you know it or not, people are being forced to quarantine in their homes. We have uh, some folks in our studio audience today that I'd like to have them tell their story if, if we get time. Um, it ha- happened locally here in our area. Anyway, the other day, my wife and I went shopping, and I was blown away by the prices at the grocery store. We came out with four plastic bags of stuff, and it was over 200 bucks. Four little plastic bags of stuff, 200 bucks. How long before we see the government food lines like other third world countries? That's where they want to take us, and that's where we're quickly headed if we don't rise up and resist this tyranny right now. But what bothers me the most about all this is that most of our pastors and churches will say nothing about any of this stuff. Instead of telling them, telling their people the truth, many pastors are actually encouraging people to obey the government and just get the jab. A lot of churches are opening up as vaccination centers. I had a conversation just the other day with a Christian who knows nothing about, about this stuff. Most of you watching this are informed, you know what's going on, but sadly, most Americans know nothing about any of this. So please do share this program. I could go on, but I've got a lot, uh, we have a lot on our plate today, and time is wearing out here. I want to bring our guest on. Pastor Art Pulowski has been severely persecuted in communist Canada, and we're blessed to have him with us today, live from Calgary, Alberta. Pastor Art, Welcome. Thanks for coming back on the show with us. Thank you very much for having me in. And I was listening to what you were, you know, what you were saying to all of us. And I mean, it is truly shocking, scary for lots of people. And I think the most shocking thing out of this whole story is that it, it is true. It is a true story. This is a horror movie, and we all have to rise up and change the script. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely, I mean, if you were to write this as a novel or a movie, it'd be probably nobody would would believe it. Um, it would be a, a B-rated movie at best. <laughs> so, But anyway, you, you came home uh, just a few weeks ago after being on a four-month tour of uh, the U.S., trying to get the truth out there. And um, you were welcomed and greeted by the Gestapo at, in Calgary, weren't you? Yes, um, most of the people remember the video that went viral when I I was shocked that Canadian authorities came to our church during our holiest time of the year, during the Easter. They broke three criminal laws, uh, Section 172 of the Criminal Code of Canada, 1, 2, and 3, uh, interfering with the clergyman while he's officiating, uh, interfering with the gathering for the purpose of worship, that's two years prison for them and trespassing. So I kicked them out after a year of being intimidated, harassed by those people, by those Nazi Gestapo. I call them Nazis and Gestapo psychopaths because they have been intimidating us, harassing us for over a year since this craziness started, this medical tyranny since the March of 2020. In April, I kicked them out. They came back with a warrant. That was arrested with my brother David in the middle of the highway, even though the court order was done ex parte. We never 
We were never notified. Our lawyers were not notified about uh, the court proceedings, just like during the Soviet era, just like during the Gestapo times. Law and order doesn't apply to them anymore. The tyrants want to do whatever they want to do. And we were arrested, thrown in prison, three days, deprived from sleep, stripped naked, chain, uh, chains on our legs, and then we were taken before the courts. And that's where I decided to come to the United States because the Canadian media would not cover the story. The Canadian propaganda machinery, like your CNN, but we have pretty much all of them, like CNN, were lying, deceiving the public, not telling what's really going on. And I said to my brother, David, I said, I have to come to America. I have to tell them what's happening in Canada because what's happening here, it's going to happen in the States as well. They came for us. They're going to come after them as well. I spent four months and then I decided, of course, I was supposed to be there two weeks, three weeks, but the story was so well received and I got invitations everywhere, left and right, to tell what's happening behind the Iron Curtain because right now, Believe it or not, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain in Poland under the boots of the Soviets, and I emigrated. We escaped as a family to Canada for freedom, and now I'm truly living behind the Iron Curtain once again. I call Canada right now Chinada because it feels <laughs> like we're living in Chinada, not in a free and democratic society that we emigrated to. And uh, our, our lawyers called the authorities when I decided to come back four months later. And we asked, is there anything pending? Uh, are, are there any uh, warrants for my arrest? No, 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 nothing. Just come. They did not even require me to have a COVID test. That's how they wanted me to come back from United States to Canada. So we flew from Montana to Calgary. Our plane, believe it or not, was diverted. The pilot was asked to drive far, far away from the terminal to a little secluded building where I didn't know, we didn't know that they were hiding inside. <clears throat> police, finest, you know, our finest, the police were hiding like gangsters in ambush, like hyenas and wolves in ambush inside the building. <clears throat> Their vehicles were parked behind. And when I was arrested, <clears throat> and criminally charged. I was criminally charged for not wearing a muzzle <clears throat> and officiating a church building, uh, uh, officiating a church service in June. And I was arrested, taken to the police custody. Unbelievable. <clears throat> yeah, I think the uh, the judge, what did they call that? Uh... Magistrate? Tyranny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, well, sure. no, I, I have a quote from him, but uh, it was Adam Germain. Uh, Adam Germain. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I was uh, charged criminally for officiating a church service in June and not wearing a muzzle in April 2021. As you remember, when I was in the states. I was sharing my story of the previous arrest and charges, which was inciting people to come to church, officiating a church service and participating in illegal gathering. Um, so I came with this story to United States. And when I got back, I was arrested after stepping out of the plane, this time criminally. They placed two criminal charges on me, 
for um, officiating a church service in, in June. I was taken to the police and later released from custody facing criminal charges. And October 13, Adam Germain uh, pronounced his sentencing on us. What's interesting about this case is that Adam Germain was contacted by um, Chief Associate Justice Rook. <clears throat> this judge is the, the boss of judges. And this guy called Adam Germain and said, listen, I've got those people that are not obeying my order. What was Rook's order for people to understand what I'm talking about? The level of corruption is just insane. Rook <clears throat> gave an order in the province of Alberta, provinces like your state, in the province of Alberta, basically enslaving the entire population of four and a half million Albertans, putting an order that says Jane Doe and John Doe, telling the authorities that they can arrest anyone, child, men, women, old, it doesn't matter, anyone that is refusing to follow the mandates. The order was done ex parte. That means no Albertan was notified about this order. No one could counterattack this order. Lawyers were not notified that this is happening. And it was done against every Albertan. It didn't have your name on it. It had Jane Doe and John Doe. <clears throat> the anti-terrorists came to our church. We armed with this order. They dropped it on the ground. It was never given to me. It was never given to my brother David. It was never sent to us. It was never read to us. It was never given to the to, to our lawyers. It was dropped on the ground. Driving back home, we were arrested in the middle of the highway. And the charges? Not obeying this order that was never given to us. And it was done ex parte. Fast forward. I am in the States telling my story. We have been found guilty. Me, my brother David, and also another restaurant owner, Chris Scott. We were found guilty <clears throat> of breaching this court order that was done ex parte. And this judge, October 13th, was making his judgment. And this is the shocking part of the story. Rook called Adam Germain and asked him to be the judge over all the cases over all the people that dared to break his court order. And I said, when I learned that, that the first time we, it was, of course, a Zoom court, when we heard this, I said to our lawyers, I said, we don't stand a chance. Like, he will never go against his boss's order. We don't stand a chance against this tyranny. They already made up their mind. The judge has become the prosecutor, the judge, and the executioner. And that reminded me of when I was growing up in Poland behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets. They had something that was called show trials. Show trials were to scare the public. An individual was being taken. It didn't matter if he was guilty or not guilty, if he did anything or he didn't do anything. A show trial was an individual that had to stand before the judge, but he was already found guilty and he was already sentenced before he even opened his mouth. The truth was irrelevant. The merits of the case were, uh, it didn't matter. 
It was to scare the population. It was to bring fear, the terror in the hearts of anyone that would dare to oppose the party line. And that's exactly what happened to me, my brother David and Chris Scott. This was a show trial by Adam Germain that wanted to show the whole world what is being done to those that disrespect the totalitarian regimes. And the order is shocking. It has never been done in our country. It's called compelled speech. 45 minutes, the guy is on the rant talking about how dare I travel in the States, how dare I meet politicians in the United States, how dare I speak at the media uh, outlets, how dare I am so loved over there. Uh, Because in 45 minutes, he was saying that uh, people liked me and... um, I felt loved and I had meetings with all kinds of powerful people and I was able to raise some money. And for all of that stuff, he says, I have to pay now. And he said, because I was in the States, I will not be allowed to travel. So he puts me on house arrest in my own province for a year and a half. I'm not allowed to leave my province. Also, he says, because I have friends now, I should pay more money because I have ability to raise more money than before. So he awards $53,000 to the Gestapo, to the AHS, as penalties and also a court cost between me and my brother David, plus additional $30,000 for Chris Scott. Also, he says in his 45 minutes run that I do not actually run a church. So for you people... Uh, if you don't, if you do not know what I do, I pastor two churches in the city of Calgary. The first one is called Street Church, www.streetchurch.ca. If you want to help us and participate in what we're doing, um, <clears throat> Street Church is a church that multiple times a week for the past twenty-two years feeds the homeless population. We feed the people, we preach the gospel. It's evangelism, it's baptism, it's worship. It's testimonies and mini sermons. And at the same time, we have barbecues where we feed the poor. Also, I pastor another church, which is in a building called the Cave of Adullam. And that's where I teach theology and history. According to this corrupted judge, this political activist, he says that I actually do not have any church. All of this, all of I do is... Um, is nothing really. And he says, I have to spend 120 hours, 120 hours of community service. But because I don't actually run a church, I have to do it with another organization. Can you imagine? I feed thousands of people every single week <laughs> for years. And he says that I am actually not participating in community service. I do not do anything that is of any value to society. I have to do 120 hours with somebody else's ministry. Also, he says, I have to, every single time I open my mouth, including this broadcast right now, either in the media, social networks, during my sermons, during public rallies, during individual conversations between another human being. So every time I open my mouth, I have to give a disclaimer to you, telling you um, crazy stuff. Basically, this judge is so insane. This psychopath is so insane that he is disallowing me to be a pastor for 18 months. 
he says, first, I have to lie to the public and then I will be able to speak the truth. He basically forced us, me and my brother David and Chris Scott, to become by force a CNN reporter or CBC reporter in Canada. He ordered us to be liars for the government in order for us to be able to continue what we're doing. And of course, the minute he pronounced his same statement, his sentencing, I went on the record in front of the media and in front of a big gathering, a rally, a protest that was outside of the court uh, that was being held. I uh, grabbed the microphone and I said, I'll never obey a tyrannical order like this. My brother David said the same thing. So for the past two two weeks, we are... Um, I guess we are being in contempt of another court order and we can be arrested at any moment, at any time, um, anywhere within the province of Alberta. I mean, that's a little bit in a nutshell. Well, I've got his, I've got his actual statement here and I, I can read that. I, I should read that to the folks. But just to be clear, your, your crime was uh, holding illegal public gatherings, correct? Um, in right. other words... You were holding church services, so that's your crime. Church now is illegal public gatherings. But here's what, here's what the judge said, um, that you are supposed to say, um, you're supposed to say, I'm also aware that the views I'm expressing to you on this occasion may not be views held by the majority of medical experts in Alberta. While I may disagree with them, I'm obliged to inform you that the majority of medical experts favor social distancing, mask wearing, and avoiding large crowds to reduce the spread of COVID-19. You're also supposed to say most medical experts also support participation in a vaccination program unless for a valid religious or medical reason you cannot be vaccinated. Vaccinations have been shown statistically to save lives and reduce severity of COVID-19 symptoms. So, like you said, in other words, you're supposed to lie. That's right. I Every time I talk to another human being regarding to what we're witnessing right now, I am to give a disclaimer uh, uh, of a party line. I mean, that's exactly what it is. When Mao Zedong took over China, he forced the Chinese people to make those kinds of statements. And sometimes he ordered them to wear those statements on their necks. And they were commanded to walk around with those statements um, hanging from their necks. Uh, Joseph Stalin did the same thing. Adolf Hitler did the same thing. So those totalitarian regimes are basically threatening us. If we will not give the party line, we will end up in prison. Uh, I mean, compelled speech like this in Canada has never, ever happened before against any individual um, citizen. We are appealing this decision. I have no intention whatsoever to obey this order. This is a tyrannical, illegal, unconstitutional against the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in our country order. And this guy overkilled it. I mean, the whole world is talking about this case right now, what is happening in Canada. And we started a petition called firethejudge.com, firethejudge.com, where over 20,000 people already signed out, I think 23,000 by now, uh, asking the government to fire this judge because obviously 
he's not capable of making any sound rulings. The guy is a political activist. He used to be a politician, believe it or not. He used to be an MLA for the Liberal Party. Liberal Party is like your Democrats in the United States. So Liberal Party is a ruling party. He was appointed when he failed. He was not elected uh, later on as a member of parliament. He was appointed by a premier at that time, a liberal premier, Christian, to become a judge. So now we have this crooked judge, a political activist, that is forcing citizens to read a party line or else. Hmm. I want to bring Coach Dave in here and and, uh, get his take on all this. And uh, Coach is actually one of the uh, few people that actually has a solution to some of this with his uh, organization, the Christian Revolution. So, Coach, what do you think? Coach, you're muted. There you go. (laughs) Excuse me. First of all, Pastor Art's a hero to people all around the world. I'm sure he knows that. And Pastor Art, I really want to say this to you. Uh, you taught my grandchildren a new word, and that was uh, psychopath. We were watching the video when you were, when you were arrested. Uh, my, my grandson is, uh, he's five years old. My granddaughter is eight years old. We were watching that video, and they both said, Grandpa, what is that? So I got to introduce a psychopath to my grandchildren. So I thank you for that, Pastor Art. I, I would say, uh, really, you guys are probably just a little bit farther down the road than where we're we're heading here. And the problem that I see everywhere is that there is, according to our First Amendment in the United States, we have a right to petition the government for a redress of grievances, but uh, there is no redress of grievances. They're really, we're, in a, we're in a time and a place here in America today where if you have a complaint, especially against the government, you have no place that you can go to get it corrected. Now, they used to be our courts. They used to tell us that our courts were our places to go to get the average citizen uh, uh, get some relief. But the truth of the matter is the courts are on the side of the government. The police officers are on the side of the government. There was a time when the police officers swore an oath to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And their job was to do what? To protect the citizenry from an overreaching government. Well, we see that it's a little bit farther along probably in Canada than what it is right here. But hey, it just, what they say that, uh, that dirty stuff just flows downhill, doesn't it, Pastor Art? So that what's happening in Canada is certainly happening here in America. But the question I would ask Pastor Art and anybody watching the show, whom do we turn to? Who do we turn to? Who do, who do you talk to that's going to give you any, any relief or any redress of grievances? And Rob, Pastor Art, the crowd here today, I, I really, I don't have an answer. Our courts are gone, brothers. Our courts are gone. And uh, I don't know how we I don't know how we reclaim them. You know, I I, I got to tell you, I kind of dodged a bullet back in the '90s because uh, Bill Clinton was in office, and my wife and I could not believe that things could get any worse. <laughs> and we actually were thinking about moving to Canada. It's a beautiful country. I I have relatives there, and um, uh. We we never moved, but uh, maybe I didn't dodge a bullet. Maybe I just uh, gave myself a few extra years. But hey, Rob, if I could j- if I could jump in here, one more question I have for Pastor Art, and I think I probably know the answer to it. For the most part, for the most part, Pastor Art, what has been the reaction of the clergymen, your fellow clergymen there in Canada? Have they come rushing? Very to good your question. 
Well, first of all, <clears throat> let me uh, ask, you know, let, let me answer the first question. What can we do to whom we can turn for justice? So what happened to our Western civilization is that we walked away from God. That's the number one thing that happened. When you walk away from God, the Bible says that where the spirit, where the, when the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. When you kick God out of your nation, when you kick him out of your educational system, when you kick him out of your government and media and, you know, society, he takes his liberty with him. And then you effectively are being enslaved. And that's what happened to our Western civilization. Canada is no different. Canada, Canadians have been kicking out God for a very long time. You want your country back? You have to bring the judge of judges back to the country. God, you need to bring God back to America. God, when he shows up, he shows up with his freedom. He shows up with his justice. He shows up with his vengeance, with his wrath against the evildoers. He comes with his order. So that's the number one thing. What happened to our clergymen in the United States, in a Western civilization as a whole? Corruption. Instead of being the shepherds of God's people, they became business people. The churches are not run as a medical clinics or a real churches where you should feed the poor, take care of the orphans and the widows, actually help people. They're being run as entertain, entertaining uh, centers, the, you know, where people come and you got a, a clown, a, you know, someone juggling the balls. You have a motivational speakers, you have entertainers, and people f- want to feel good, and that's why they're paying money. That's why they're giving to the church, because they want to feel good. So instead of preaching the truth, those pastors, those you know, so-called shepherds of God's people, they were preaching um, a sensitive messages, feel good, God has a wonderful plan for your life now, you can have your best now, you can be your best now, all those different things without the truth. The Bible says that it's not, it's not your wishful thinking, it's not your money, it's not your government, but the truth that will set the captives free. And because they were not willing to preach the truth, because truth is very offensive, they they walked away from the truth and they led people astray. So right now <clears throat> you have fast food Christianity where people want to be entertained. They want you to entertain them quickly. And for that, they're willing to pay. But they have no depths in uh, to the scripture. They don't even know who God is. They don't know the Bible. They don't read the Bible. And a deception came and evil came. And they, are, they were more than glad to be led astray. Pastors right now, they're not the shepherds anymore, uh, except the remnant. There are still some good pastors, but not many. So <clears throat> what is the job of a shepherd? Shepherds used to get a stick and a staff for a purpose. It was not a toothpick. It was to fend off the enemies and to correct the sheep. It was a weapon. Staff and a stick was a weapon for a purpose to lead the sheep into the green pastures and still, still waters. What happened when the wolves showed up? And I think that's why the video of me telling the Gestapo to to go out went viral because suddenly people saw uh, what is the job of a shepherd is to fend off the hyenas, uh, you know, fend off the, the wolves. When the wolves showed up, the pastors were the first ones to abandon the sheep. They left God's people 
and they run away because they were never God shepherds. They were hired guns. The difference between a shepherd and a hired gun. For a hired gun, this is just a job. And not many people want to die for a job. It's just a job. It's a paycheck. I don't want to die for my paycheck. They are our professional clergymen. And well, we, not only that, but they want to be well-liked and popular among the people. Right? Yeah, because it's money. It's all um, about money. It's but, about can I've put this challenge out there before. Can you show me one man of God in the Bible that was ever well-liked and popular among the people? I can't find him. Yeah. So, I mean, look at, look, look at the prophets. Yeah. But, they, uh, they I want to bring JR in here too. JR Harrison from the natural family foundation. I know he's got some things to say on this, but you got on mute JR. Every, everybody has to unmute in order to yeah. talk. Yeah, there you yeah, go. yeah. It's I love technology. Kind of a rule. Yep. <laughs> uh, Pastor, you mentioned something that is very, very important, uh, that we walked, Canada walked away, America, I think they ran away, but they walked away from God. And when you do that, look, what we're talking about here with COVID is a religion. And we are dealing with religious zealots. And you, there, there's, there's a better chance that they're going to wear a mask than you can get Christians to wear a cross. Yeah, and and you have to realize that when we walked away from God, when we walked away from righteousness, something filled that gap, and COVID right now is filling that gap, and it is. I mean, they are zealots, and we are talking. We are talking about a religion, and we need you need to understand this because it takes more faith, based on the evidence, it takes more faith to believe in COVID than it does in Jesus Christ. It's and it's crazy. Uh, we were at a uh, Lisa and I were at a at a Apple Festival a few weeks ago, and we saw this uh, husband and wife uh, wearing their masks, eating a corn dog, and you know standing in the street. And um, but they take their mask down and take a bite and then put it back. And their little kid ran up to daddy, and the dad says to the little kid. Easy, buddy. Careful. I don't have my mask on. And we're like, are you kidding me? Is this, I mean, you can't even give your kid a hug without wearing your mask. But these, I mean, they were 20 somethings, but this is, this is where we're at. People are absolutely brainwashed. You know, Rob, if if I could jump in here again, I know pastor, excuse me, pastor Art would certainly agree with this. It tells us in second Thessalonians that because we rejected the truth, but the Lord himself would send a strong delusion that we would believe a lie. <laughs> and what, what we really see happening, whether we want to admit it or not, is most of the church has rejected church, uh, truth. Now, listen, America, the government, certainly it's rejected truth. But we know this, that Jesus said, we're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And if, we, if our salt becomes, uh, loses its savor, then it's henceforth good for nothing except to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. So we look around, we see exactly what's going on is exactly what the scripture said. And we are dealing with, Pastor Art, the judgment of God. This strong delusion is the judgment of God upon America. I can't believe the number of church-going people that I come in contact with that do not get. You know, everybody know what I'm talking about? They don't get it. And no matter how much you talk to them, we have to understand this. They are under judgment, a strong spiritual delusion that they cannot see the truth. And until we return to Christ, until our churches begin once again to speak the truth and stand up for righteousness and stand up against evil, 
Pastor, I don't know if that veil's ever going to lift. You know, I agree. That's exactly what I would say, um, Dave. I agree 100%. I actually asked God. I said, God, please. And that was before COVID. This didn't start with this madness that we're seeing right now. This started years ago. I asked him, I said, God, I don't understand. I I am point, pointing at them a color and I say red, but they see black. I say black, they see green. And I say green, they see blue. It's like we are completely seeing the same thing, but totally differently. Explain it to me. What's going on? And here is what he said to me. He said, they have been rejecting me for so long that finally I said, fine, have it your way and a double portion. What we are seeing right now is 100% the judgment of God. It started a few years ago. I remember uh, before the COVID hit, about three, four years ago, he spoke to me. He said, you're about to see the greatest separation between the goats and the sheep and the sheep and the wolves. What is happening right now, if not the greatest separation between the fake and the real? Fake, fake will run away and the real is willing to lay down their lives for the sheep. Because there's no greater love, Jesus says, when a man is willing to lay down his life for a friend. And then about two years, a few months before the COVID started, he showed me a vision. And in a vision, I saw a fence. And I knew that fence represents the whole world. And I saw people sitting on the fence, just like you have seen those so-called Christians enjoying the ride, just observing, just not fully being engaged, just not participating really, just enjoying the cruising around. And I saw those people sitting on the fence. And then I saw the hands of God. He grabbed the fence and he violently started to shake the fence. And I saw people falling to their left and to the right. right. And when he was done, he he kept shaking the fence. And when he was done, no one was sitting on the fence. And then he spoke to me and he said, when I'm done shaking Everyone will have to make a choice, either the devil or me. What are we witnessing right now, if not the greatest shakening we have ever seen during our lifetime? If not, what we're seeing right now is the separation between the real and the fake. People are forced. They have no choice anymore. They're forced to make a decision, just like during the time of Joshua. As for me and my household, we shall serve the Lord. But you, you're going to make up your own mind. Yeah, middle of, the, middle of the road is not where you want to be, as you know very well, Pastor Hart. Um, I want to uh, call on a couple people in our audience here. Charlotte and Brian, If you, I, know, I see you're still there if you want to come back in. Are are you uh, up to telling your story? Yes. Okay. This is this is this is a local story, and um, Coach, you know Brian. Brian is our uh, our AV extraordinaire man from uh, all of our conferences. Great to see you, Charlotte. Sure do. Yep, Charlotte's his wife. So they have a story from rural Wisconsin. We're talking about as rural as you can get. So our city has two stoplights. You have two now. I yeah. didn't, where's the second one? Up by the school. Okay. All right. All right. Tell us what happened. Well, I have been being vocal at our school board meetings. My daughter is in a private school, but we have a lot of people in our church that I'm seeing the children are just being very affected by our local um, Clark County 
health department, they are being kind of a Hitler and Nazi and Gestapo. Gestapo. Matter of fact, she just sent out this letter right now. It says, um, this is, if you are COVID positive, they send this, it says, you must not leave your home at any time unless you have received prior written authorization from the CCHD to do so. And in order to ensure that you strictly comply with this quarantine order, the CCHD or persons authorized by the CCHD will monitor you. If you prove not to comply with this order, a quarantine officer may be placed at your home until your quarantine order has ended. Okay, hold on a second. Jared, we have this, actually. I sent that to you. If you can put that uh, Clark County um, deal up and people can actually see what Charlotte is telling us here. So so what's happening here is our entire region gave up on the mask stuff like a year ago already. So we have this Mm -hmm. one school in this one Clark County Health Care Department that have decided to be total communist. And so we had an emergency school meeting called for defending a young man that was seven years old. Since he's been seven, he wants to play professional football. And he was being quarantined because he was on a seating chart in close contact of someone that was tested positive. And so there was a 15-minute warning. Everybody was told, hey, there's a meeting happening at the superintendent's office, and everybody needs to get there. And it was it was a very heated meeting. But many of the parents were like, I can't make that. I can't make that. Please, somebody record. And so a couple of us had picked up our phone, and we were going to record. I had started recording when I got into the, the meeting. And um, so somebody pointed to me. Um, that I was recording. And I can surely get that to you, Rob, if you want to share that. Um, I've not shared it anywhere, but to the parents group of our community, I didn't put this on YouTube. I didn't do, I didn't slander them or anything like that. I just, I hit record and I shared it to the one personal group that had 24 parents that we talked back and forth. And then another Facebook private group that's only got like 246 people in it. Let, let me just read this this last point uh, that I, I interrupted you on before. I'm going to interrupt you again. It says, if you fail to comply with this quarantine order, you may be ordered to be quarantined in a more restricted facility. Yep. Isn't that nice? Would that be a coffin? Well, that would be uh, one of your, um, what do they call them? Um, FEMA cops. Green zones. That doesn't We're going to be talking about that the, next week. Land of the free, does it? No. Yeah. And so. so I did this recording. I put it up. And needless to say, they were able to find that this boy was actually playing basketball in a different in the gym. And so he got to play the game. He had five college scouts going to be at that game to watch him. And they won the game. So I guess I'm saying is we stood up and we won. Then, as of this last Tuesday... My husband and I were asked to come to an earlier meeting before worship practice because the board wanted to talk with us. And so they presented us a letter telling us that we are indefinitely removed from our church. We are not allowed to step foot on the property or go to any of the events because of my aggressiveness in the community and how people are going to not come to our church because we're such a small community that they're afraid that I'm going to corner them and talk to them about politics, which I've never sp- spoke politics in the church, except for the one lady that's on our worship team. And she's the admin to the Facebook group. And so um, 
we think there's a lot more going on in here. This was just the sword that was used. Um, this is their, their excuse to remove us from that community. Um, we are actually very excited because now we are free. Yeah, guys, get out of there. Get yeah, out of there. Well, see, you know, what I told Brian last night is uh, the pastor ought to be ashamed of himself. It should be the pastor um, leading the men of the church into those meetings and, you know, taking the bull by the horns. Um, instead, he cowers behind the uh, the ladies of the church who actually have the guts to go and do the work. And then he vilifies both of you guys and you're out. You, please return our keys. It's, so. shock, it's shocking. It's, uh, it's shame. Shame on the church. Shame not just on that pastor and the leadership, but on the entire community. Because if this will happen to me or to the people I know, I would stand up against that pastor. If I was a parishioner, I would say, listen, listen very carefully. You are to serve us, not the other way around. You're not the king in the castle. He created and, himself a bigger problem, though. 80% of the church is walking out. So, See, great. And, and I say, I, this, will maybe, this will maybe sound terrible. I prefer for those fake churches, those fake pastors to disappear completely, resign, never to reopen their churches, yep. than to keep misleading people into thinking that they are actually real Christians and the real churches. It's yeah. better to have less churches, but the real ones, than many churches that are fake ones. So right. the good thing out of the story, that uh, the COVID story, is that half of the churches will never reopen. And the people that truly, truly are seeking Jesus, they truly want to worship the living God, not an idea, not a made-up idol called Jesus, not a feel-good, no but they want to really worship the living God, the creator of heavens and the earth, then they will have that option. And it's good that 80% 80 of the people are standing up with you. They should, 100% of the people, this pastor should be fired and never, ever be allowed to be a shepherd. Well, and the crazy thing about this is that, you know, our kids, thankfully, they've been great support. We've been at this church ministering with many of these people 10 15 years we have built the church led them to god but my one son so good he says mom when you have these people coming because we invited everybody to come to our house on sunday so we could explain the truth and we said he says these aren't just it's static he says you need to keep them focused on jesus he says you need to point these people to jesus what the devil meant for bad you know, and we begged, we begged on Thursday. We found out on Tuesday and we begged on Thursday. We were like, you are going to let Satan win in this community. You are going to have people walk away from God. They're going to walk away from this church. And you're not thinking about the people. You're just wanting people with tickling ears. And, and you know, so people are coming to us and they're all like, wow. And we just say, keep your eyes on Jesus because this is only the beginning. He engineered a total train wreck. Yep. Well, people are waking up and, uh, there's going to be some shaking going on. That's JR, right. JR, talk to us. I'm I'm just flabbergasted, just yeah. flabbergasted. And here here's here's the problem. If 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 Charlotte and Brian were the exception to the rule, then we all need to get out there and help them out. But unfortunately, they aren't the exception to the rule. This is happening all over America. There's so many of these fires going on. 
and 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 again the natural family foundation yeah the church should be helping but if the church doesn't come on the community the fathers the families they need to engage they have to engage that's right just one more thing one of the things we said is that if we if i was out of order and i was wrong and i was in sin the bible very clearly gives us a path of how that is supposed to be approached i was supposed to be approached individually if i don't change then you go and get the board and they come and talk to me and change and if i don't change yet then then you then you set me aside but none of that ever happened i would never apologize for anything you did charlotte yeah that's right i'm proud of you one rule for me one rule for d right is that not what we're seeing with the political arena now we're seeing the same thing in the churches because that's the same spirit you have to understand who crucified jesus christ i mean i know we our sin nailed him to the tree yes but who were used in a physical form it was the religious system and the political system right now what we're observing is the very same thing an antichrist is in a religious system and it's in a political system you know when you look at the nazi germany uh, it was the uh, you know roman catholic church that participated and founded the Nazi party. And then the Protestant church in Germany had swastikas flying outside of their churches. So you got the religious and political antichrist rising up. That's why God is cleaning the house. That's what I see right now. It's not the bad thing what is happening. He is purifying his church. He's separating the real from the fake. He is intensifying the fire. So the purity of his church will come out and... And the sheep and the goats and the sheep and the wolves will be separated. God will have his remnant. He's coming back for the remnant. He's coming back for a spotless church, not a whore of Babylon. Amen. Amen. Coach, you have the solution. We need to know who's funding good. We know who's funding bad. We know who's funding evil. We've got the businessmen and all the corporations and Everybody yeah. funding this stuff. Yeah. Um, we, we've just started, uh, many of you know the name Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who's a world-renowned uh, vaccine expert. And uh, Dr. Sherry's become a friend of mine and a, another gentleman named Ohio Brett. We started about six weeks ago an organization called thechristianrevolution.net. And I, w- I don't want to take too much time talking about it, Rob, but we ask ourselves one very specific question, as you see there on the page in front of you. Who's funding good? Who is funding good? We, we know who's funding the evil, right? We can name the George Soros of government. If money, BLM's raised like a billion dollars. And you look on the Christian side of it, who's funding good? Well, we send money to focus on the family. They're not fighting, not really. Family Research Council, there, they got, they've got it off, but they're not really fighting. Down through it, there is nobody. We send our money. We put it in the churches. And Pastor Art, you would have to agree with this. Most of the money never leaves the church. It just circulates inside the church, buys new, uh, new equipment, yeah. pays staff, all that kind of stuff. So we, we, we call it the Christian revolution because we're, not a sh- we're tired of conservatism, which is pretend salt. Conservatism is pretend salt. And so we purposely called this the Christian revolution.net. And our goal is all across America, there were at least 80 million people that voted for Donald Trump. We're looking for, a, we're looking for 1 million people to give us $100. $100 million to build a war chest to begin to fight back against, against this stuff. So uh, if we think that we can win this war without bullets, we're nuts. So 
ChristianRevolution.net. We just hope that you, you know, that you would prayerfully consider it. Go there, make a make a donation to our efforts. Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's our our rock star. She's the one that's helping propel this, and we've raised over uh, about a half million dollars in six weeks. So we're serious in what we're doing, and we're gonna we're gonna use it to help fund those who are already fighting the battle. We know this, Rob. I know me. Uh, when we go to go do ministry work, we have to sell hats and T-shirts and everything else to try to keep the ministry up and running. And we're not going to win against that George Soros machine selling hats and T-shirts. So the Christian Revolution was birthed about uh, six weeks ago, and we're up and running. Go ahead, Pastor Art. I'm sorry. You know, the churches are so delusional right now, so self-centered and self-focused um, that we don't stand a chance with those corporations those businesses called churches you know that in the city of calgary where i feed thousands of people were not supported by even one church Hmm. city not even one church supports what we're doing we are against a massive giants of the land and a massive opposition coming from religious people pharisees and sadducees and the political herods of today so I agree 100%. The Christian revolution. Um, you so really- it, it is the only thing that will save us, isn't that not Pastor Arthur? We, we can't, hey, folks, republicanism isn't going to save us. Conservatism is politics is not going to save us. Now, no. religion is politics. Let's, that, that's the greatest lie ever told the church. Religion is politics because, because we have taken religion, Christianity, out of the government. We now see that we're ruled by the other political party, which is the devil's political party, right? King of the seed of the serpent, seed of the woman. One of those is going to be in in control. And for too long, the Christians have bowed our knee and allowed the the Luciferians to run the government. And we think it's time to stand up and push back against that. Not just the government, but our society in general. 100%, 100%. You're right. It's like my brother David always says to the people, listen, we are willing to keep firing, but you got to provide bullets. And I'm not talking about the guns and the swords. It's just any fight, any organization, anything that you want to do for good requires funds. Even Jesus's ministry, he had uh, his own personal uh, money uh, treasurer that was working with him. You need funds for everything. And without money, you know, we're fighting with those huge giants because they're well-funded. But when you look at the uh, the Christianity, when you look at our side, we're always bleeding, begging, selling hearts, just like you said. We, we can't we can't continue like this. No. So I will echo what you're saying. We need business people. We need millionaires, billionaires. Come to the rescue. Come and save us. Help us. Uh, because God wants to use you. He wants to use your wisdom, your um, you know, ability to raise funds, to found. It's like I remember many 20 years ago, I heard this man. And he had a revival in his state. And he said, you know, people talk about revival, but you know, revival costs money. In order to get the prostitutes out of the street, you got to buy them clothes. You have to put them in halfway housing. You have to feed them. In order to to help people, you need to have the means to help people. Um, if, if you don't have those means, the enemy will keep stealing and there is nothing we can do about it. So we're yeah. going to pray that God would release the finances into his kingdom. Amen. So, Pastor Art, we, uh, we're running out of time here quickly. But uh, before we go, I want to, how can people help you? Where do they go? www.streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca. 
Uh, there's plenty of ways you can help. You can, of course, money. We talk about money. Without money, we can't feed the poor. And, you know, even though we have all those donations being given, the food being given to us, um, we need trucks. We need storehouse. We need, we got about 15 refrigerators, freezers. Uh, we need uh, gasoline for the trucks. I mean, everything you think of uh, runs and it requires funds. But you can also put a pressure on the government you can make a phone call to the Premier of Alberta. You can make a phone call to the Minister of Justice, Madhu. You can make a phone call to the City Hall in Calgary. Put pressure and keep the story in a spotlight. Because the one thing I know about politicians, the, the one thing they hate is exposure. They love mm. to do their dirty thing in the shadows. But when you put the light on their dirty deeds, they don't like it. And they hate me. But we can make this this whole exposure even bigger that they will hate the exposure more than they hate me. And we're in a big trouble, but you know what? I have faith. My God is bigger than their God. We know how the story ends. We know we, we win in the end. We just have to endure it for a little bit longer and keep the faith, keep marching on. We know that in the end, Jesus is coming back to judge the living and the dead. He, greater is he that is in us than the one that is in them. Okay, so streetchurch.ca, and uh, also you can go to thechristianrevolution.net and uh, naturalfamilystrong.com, right, JR? Okay, there's, now that you've got three organizations that I can highly endorse and recommend for you. We got to go, we're out of time. Next week, we have John Whitehead from the Rutherford Institute. We're going to be talking about the Green Zone concentration camps mm. being set up right now for those who refuse to comply with the communist tyranny. And uh, Coach Dave will be with us again next week, along with Doug Hagman from the Hagman Report. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you all being here. We'll see you next time. Mm.